Um, my name is Lily Rono, um, editor of Parents Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us um, in this informative Facebook Live. And joining us today is uh, Nuru Mugambi, the Director of Public Affairs. Welcome, Nuru. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm with Kenya Bankers Association. Yeah, but I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much for that, Nuru. Um, so uh, the Facebook chat today, you're going to look at mobile, card, and online banking safety and uh, basically we're going to learn about the helpful tips on how we can catch up as you send and receive money and make digital payments especially during these unprecedented times uh, occasioned by the COVID-19. And Nuru, um, just before we went live I received a call from someone and I could tell it's a scammer. Oh. Um, he, he started talking to me asking me where I am and you know how those conversations go. Yes. Um, a few weeks ago of mine uh, a journalist with one of our newspapers in the country was scammed um, money from her mobile account as well as, and they got access also to her bank. Yeah, so this mm. conversation is very critical at this point in time. Yes. Um, yeah, it's so Nuru, I think, mm, go ahead. No, please. Yeah, I'm saying that I think it's a, it's a very timely topic, uh, especially now as we are driving everybody to use digital banking platforms uh, in this COVID environment. Uh, I, I think, um, first of all, it's a very difficult environment for us to be in. Um, it's a new space for many of us to be in. Uh, the fact that we cannot interact um, as much as we used to. Um, and and I, I know many of us, uh, well, not me, but many of us really enjoyed going to the banking hall to interact with their bankers. Personally, I've been comfortable with digital banking, but many, many, many of us actually like going into the banking halls, get ahead to the cashiers, um, and, and it's, it's, it's a whole community that is there, um, particularly in, in, in a lot of the, the branches, um, especially our country. So I think, I think it's a whole new way of interacting with the bank um, that we're all trying to get used to. So it doesn't help that perpetrators of fraud are trying to take advantage of this environment um, to, to obviously scam people, um, which, like you say, it's, it's, it's a perfect time for this conversation. So thanks. Okay. So uh, maybe to get us started, um, I know that so many myths surrounding online banking and one of the great, one of the concerns that people have is, is online banking safe? Mm -hmm. So the quick answer for that is yes, online banking is safe. Uh, however, there are things that we need to do to make sure that the security environment that the providers of online banking services have given us um, are realized. So for example, uh, we are all issued with pins, personal identification numbers, for example. Now, our bankers, the mobile network operators provide us with this personal contact and personal identification number uh, because that's how they identify us. Now, if we give that uh, pin to somebody else uh, to transact on our behalf, then we are then therefore compromising the security of the system. So the banking system, the way uh, and, and mobile payments is set up, it is a secure environment. However, there are what we call vulnerabilities um, due to human error that uh, we really need to look at, which is why uh, consumer awareness is important, which is why this Kachonjo campaign, the whole month of May, we've been running um, Kachonjo and uh, Secure Your Banking as a hashtag uh, with lots of helpful information about how 
we as consumers of banking services can protect ourselves. Um, even though it's a secure environment, there are certain things that we need to do to protect ourselves. Okay. Uh, I know previously, we, uh, before the COVID situation and the quarantine, and currently hotels are being opened and cafes. So um, is it okay to log into a bank account using public computers, such as in a, wifi, in a cyber cafe or somewhere else? Yeah, so so I, it's this conversation around uh, free can be very expensive, yeah? So this public Wi-Fi, uh, restaurants usually offer us Wi-Fi access as a way to draw in customers. Um, and really, I think a lot of the, the retail outlets that offer you free Wi-Fi, they're doing it for you to probably um, consume entertainment-based information um, versus actually conduct financial transactions that should be secured. So I think um, we we probably are really enjoying the comfort of going into a cafe or a restaurant or a kiosk and using their wife, asking them immediately, do you have a Wi-Fi? Uh, and then we use it for everything, uh, but we shouldn't. So public Wi-Fi, whether or not it has a password, um, ideally you should not use that uh, to conduct banking uh, or to make any payments, electronic payments. Uh, because all these Wi-Fi systems are basically accessible by hackers. You don't know who is behind that public Wi-Fi system. A lot of times there are merchants that actually uh, provide these services on behalf of the retailer. So you really don't know um, who is on this chain of information. You don't know what they're doing with your data. So oftentimes they will give you free Wi-Fi, but then they'll ask you for your name and email address to authenticate the Wi-Fi. Um, what are they doing with that information and how long are they storing that information? Um, are they tracking? Have they put a cookie on your phone or your on your laptop and are now trying to track everywhere you're going and everywhere you're transacting? And do they now know where you bank and, and how much you're paying for things and things like this? So uh, it's always encouraged not to use public Wi-Fi to conduct online banking. And the same is the case for mobile apps, mobile banking apps. You realize mobile banking apps ride on internet access. So when you're using uh, a public Wi-Fi and, for example, your, your mobile banking app is live, then that means you're on the internet with your mobile banking um, information. So it's good to make sure that you don't use public Wi-Fi. And then also when you're using internet banking, whether you're out and about, just always make sure that at the URL, URL is the, it's like the... the internet language, right? So the URL is the address uh, of your whatever website you're visiting. So in the URL field, where it says HTTP or HTTPS, HTTP is hypertext markup language public. So anyway, wherever you have HTTP, just make sure there's an S and a padlock before the URL, before the address of the website. That padlock and HTTPS tells you that that website is secure. If you're just logging onto an HTTP website, Chances are that website is not secure. And actually all banks, uh, their online banking uh, platforms are behind an HTTPS um, uh, security. So if, for example, it's another way of seeing whether or not you're logging onto an authentic site. Yeah. So people try to create all sorts of websites and they might make a KCB website or an APSA mm -hmm. website or a bank XYZ website. It's fake. But if you look at the URL, it's not HTTPS. It doesn't have a padlock and it just might say KCB Kenya Banking. It could be a fake website. So it's always good to pay attention to the URL before you actually click on any links 
um, to, to access. Okay. Thank you for that, Nuru. And um, it's good that you've mentioned because I think most of the times you just log in to websites without really necessarily taking care, taking uh, time to notice whether there's the S after the HTTP. Thank you for that. And um, for true. those who are joining us at the moment, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this rat race. Yes. Uh, and it's so like um, for those we're so busy doing everything we're working or cleaning or cooking laundry and then you're doing online banking sometimes you really don't think about you see an email from you know and the subject could be uh check validate your kcd account so somebody who sends that out is assuming maybe 10 percent of the people have sent this to has a kcd account so chances are they'll click on the link so when you click on the link and you don't pay attention to the URL, then you're opening yourself up to an unsecure environment okay um so for those who are joining us uh online um i'm joined uh, i'm with uh, Nuru mogambi from the kenya bankers association and we're going to talk about online safety especially with regards to how you receive how you sign and how you make your digital payments um Nuru, whenever one is registering for online banking there are a lot of security questions that uh, that the bank requires so how how can, how are you guaranteed the security of this information that you're giving to the bank? Yeah, it's an interesting question because um, I get all this feedback from customers like, why do we need to give so many details and why is it so many hurdles we need to cross to get our bank mm -hmm. account? But it's because, um, you see, once you register and log on uh, into an online banking environment, that's it, right? So it's important that um, the bank is able to authenticate you uh, and continuously authenticate you are who you are, because that's also the way the bank can protect you. Uh, so if somebody steals your identity, for example, all these questions they ask you um, are a way mother's maiden name, where did you leave um, your pet? All these random questions that you feel are not necessary, but that's how the bank is able to authenticate you. Um, where your your location, your physical location. So say, for example, you're logging in from Isiolo, uh, but you've never been out of Mombasa County. So th that way, if anything happens with your bank details, then you're protected and you're able to demonstrate that obviously this is not who I was, this was not me, you know? Um, so I think, I think all the different requirements that we're required to meet or asked to meet by our, our banks or mobile network uh, financial service providers um it, it, there is a reason and it's necessary and and they continuously try to update this so we shouldn't get we shouldn't hire because we are seeing an increased trend of fraudulent um activity in terms of cyber insecurity so you will find that banks will probably keep asking you to validate update your contact information update your pin and things like this okay um you you reminded me of um, days long gone when you'd receive an email from, not, not an email, a uh, letter in poster telling you that um, um, so and so have been left this amount of money by it needs to go into another account. So is that the same kind of, they've now upgraded it to digital? Oh yeah, so there's lots of um, email scams. Someone will send you an email, I'm out of the country, I'm not able to come back, so can you please uh receive money for me and forward it to my mom or can you please receive money for me and put it in this other bank account 
um, mm. or can I please send money to you? Give me your bank details so I can send you money because I'm out of the country or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not able to transact and get money to my show show and it's urgent. She's in the hospital or she's been diagnosed with COVID and I have to pay for the test, you know, all mm. these sorts of scams. Um, so I mm. think, uh, the thing with fraudsters is that's their job. So they wake up every day to steal people's money. So they don't tire in terms of trying to be innovative in how to scam people, which is why we have to continuously continuously educate people on what's the latest scam and what's coming up. One of the latest scams that's coming up is this issue of free internet. So a lot of us are spending a lot of money um, on data. So our children, those of us, uh, who are fortunate enough to have kids learning online uh, are using up our data bundles. We are using up our data bundles to work um, and it's expensive. So a lot of us have a budget line on how much we want to spend every month. So we are exceeding our budget line in terms of internet access. Um, so when we see a link saying click here for free internet, it's almost like a message from the heavens. Um, so, 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 but, but, and that's because fraudsters know people are desperate for free internet. They want free internet for free education and all these other things. So, it's always good to never click on those links because usually what happens with WhatsApp, we're so lazy on WhatsApp these days, we just forward information without verifying it, you know. Um, so, we'll forward and forward and forward three times over a fraudulent link, and one of us is going to click on that link and get defrauded. Any of us? Many of us, yeah. yeah. Many do click on those. Yeah, especially, especially when you know there's a certain supermarket. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, the other question I have is, what are some of the steps that the bank have taken to ensure that the clients' monies are safe in this space? So I think operational cost is one of the, the highest uh, investments that banks um, banks. Uh, are are taking on uh, one because now we are pushing a digital first business model so we really want customers to interact with banks through online um, so a lot of the services like uh, especially on the business side um, that used to be physical services are now moving into a digital platform so all that requires a lot of investment in terms of security systems networks um, in terms of firewalls that are set up to, to detect and, and, and block uh, people from hacking. Um, and then increasingly what banks are doing is really trying to mine information and really understand their customer uh, pattern. So by uh -huh. tracking and understanding, okay, this is Lily, and Lily is based in, she lives in Nairobi, she works in Westland. Um, so there is no way her phone can be registered in Kakamega Wiping at a Naiva supermarket, you know things like this. So by by through the use of data and really understanding your customer patterns, um, banks are now trying to get more 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 predictive in terms of really understanding when there is a there's a there's a, an attempt to 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 defraud a customer. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Nuru, for that. So I once think maybe again, what I could uh, also add. What I could also add. Sorry. What I could probably also add yeah. is. Um, with the SMSs that uh, I think uh, most banks are doing now. Um, actually, all banks should be doing SMSs to their customers whenever a transaction has happened because that way you're able to see either an SMS or an email or some banks do both, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're able to just kind of add action on your account, um, that, um, there was a time I traveled and I landed, I, I, I commute, I, I transferred, somebody had swiped, had used my card. I was at one of the airports, uh, one of the airport ATMs, um, someone ATM machine at that airport. So I go, I, so some of us, okay, I'm very disorganized sometimes. So whenever I travel, sometimes I forget to get cash or card currency to travel with. So usually I remember when I'm sitting in my, in the seat and I'm, yeah, so that's when I'm like, oh, I don't have money to get a taxi to go to the airport or the hotel. So usually I will try to see, can I would use my card in a taxi? If not, I'll go and withdraw cash. It's not a very good idea to use withdraw cash at an airport ATM uh, because a lot of them are not manned uh, very well uh, because of the 24-hour nature of an, a an airport. It's so easy for, for fraudsters to attach a device to skim information. So anyway, by the time I landed, my card had been swiped so many times, but because my bank had been notified that I'm not, I'm not at X, I'm going to be at Y, they then realized this was, those were fraudulent transactions and they were able to reverse them. So it's, it's through the SMSs that I realized, because the minute I took my phone on, I got all these SMSs, you've, you've transacted here, you've transacted here, you've transacted here. So those SMSs, it's so important that banks send them, but it's up to you to tell your bank what your cell phone number is. You know, some of us are like, ah, we don't want the bank to call me. I, know, um, I get too many calls. I don't want the bank to call me to sell me another product. But it's important the bank has your current contact information. So whenever you swipe your, your debit card, Whenever you make a payment online, and now we're all using Jumia and Global and and Uber, and you know we're all swiping our cards, paying for fuel. Well. Yeah. I mean, we're all swiping our cards. So it's really important uh, because the velocity has increased. It's important that we're able to track what they're um, and also to see the SMSs when there's a spend that's not ours. Okay, yeah, and and I think the issue, the idea of SMSs is very good because. Um, I know Mpesa recently, Safaricom started, um, before you register for a SIM card, a number, uh, an SMS is sent for you to approve that or not. And uh, yeah. a number of people have reported that actually they've received um, SMSs from Safaricom asking them whether they want to register a line or not. The other thing mm. is, uh, I remember some time back, um, there was an issue where someone was paying for fuel an extra zero was added to the amount. Wow. And yes. only later yeah. on they get to realize what happened. But nowadays, yeah. um, as soon as you receive your, the, your receipt, your bank account has been transferred to ABC idea. Um, so yeah. again, for those who are joining us online, we are Nuru Mugambi from Kenya Bankers Association. And we're basically discussing mobile card and online banking safety. So if you have any questions, feel free to drop them. At the end of uh, this session, we're going to answer some, if not questions for you. Uh, what is a phishing attack? Yeah, so phishing is kind of like the word, it's spelled PH, but it's almost like phishing, like you, you drop a hook in the water with a worm and you see who's gonna bite it and who's gonna take it and then you reel them in. So phishing is basically when somebody sends you an email, for example, it says click here for free internet uh and then when you click on the link it says but first you need to register what's your first name what's your last name what's your email address what's your phone number where are you based what do you do so as much information you are willing to give the fraudster is willing to receive um so they're fishing they're fishing for any information that they can use either to sell or to impersonate you 
um, or to access your financial information and even money. Other phishing attempts are like those SMSs. When you get an SMS and someone says, congratulations, you've won 10,000 shillings. And then you get so excited, you even forget you never entered a competition in the first place. So then you're there busy trying to find out and call and say, tell me this money, who did, how did I win? Where did I? And literally you're just, and they ask you, oh, what's your name? And you're like, oh, I'm Jane. And they're like, uh -huh, Jane, what's your last name again? And you're like, oh, I'm Jane Mugambi. <laughs> They've just gotten your first name, last name. They've gotten your phone number. They know your gender. Just because you picked up the phone and called them to ask all the information you didn't enter. So I think um, there is, SMSs are being used often to mine and get people's information. So, so are emails. Um, and it's always good to really, again, because we're always in such a rush, um, especially at this time, we really need to take pause um, and, and really make sure that the emails that we are receiving, whether at work or at personal email, are really from the people who are sending it. I'll give you an example. Um, out of nowhere, uh, on my work email, I got an email from a professor. The last time I talked to this professor, he's in the UK. The last time I talked to him was eight years ago. And I just thought, this is a very awkward email because we've not spoken in eight years, but the tone was very familiar. So I had to respond to him uh, and ask, is this, is this really from you? And he said, oh my gosh, can you imagine I've been hacked? So, so, and the person was asking, click on this link to get updated information about X. Uh, and it was a hacker who did that. So, so sometimes we really need to understand who our, who, who the people we are communicating with are, because it's just those nuances of how they say hello to you that will even tell you this is not them. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. almost like you get an SMS from your mom's phone number and, and your mom is like, what's up? You know for sure your mom is not going to say hello to you like that. But if you don't take a minute to really be like, this is strange, we really have to have that filter um, to make sure we really protect ourselves, especially now, because I think cultures are really, they're really out there. They are. And if, if there's anything that describes, um, you know that song, Smooth Operera? Yes, Smooth Operera, Shade. Yeah, Smooth Operera, yep. They're definitely smooth operators. You know yes. what? Um, there's this time I sent my. That's so funny. That's so funny that you said that. I mean, like, the WhatsApp profile, you look at it, you see some hot guy, you're like, oh, let me just respond and see this thing that he's telling yes. me or giving me. Yeah. <laughs> and I've stolen a picture from Google and it's not them. It's someone it's in not committee. Them. And you think it's some hot guy and it's some guy in committee. Can you imagine? <laughs> and you keep on giving all your. Permission. Yeah, so, you're um, like, even I live, I live here and here. Which apartment do you live? You're there giving your house number, everything. <laughs> stick, stick. <laughs> so um, there's this time, some, some time back when I was doing my masters, and I sent my professor my uh, my thesis. Do you know? Um, as a response, um, I got an email back from him telling me that he sent back the thesis. And for me to open that, I should use my, my um, I should give key my password. And I did mm -hmm. that only for Gmail to send me an, an email later to ask me whether, to, to tell me that it seems my account is being hacked. So wow. until I change my uh, password, yes. and then I had to inform my professor that something is going on. Yes. Yeah. And you see, they can even read the conversations. Mm. Yeah. It's, so, it's um, a good point that you're raising. 
Mm. It's a good point you're raising about passwords because uh, I think a lot of us, especially some of us who are now in our 40s, we get tired of too many passwords and you're like, okay, how do I keep track? Let me put them on my phone. And a lot of people mm. save their passwords on their phones, which mm. which is not a good idea. Um, yes. Or they write them down on a piece of paper, put it in their wallet or put it in their purse. But you don't know, maybe you have somebody in your home cleaning your house, uh, your, your house uh, support staff might access your purse, they have your ID, they have your bank account number, you've even given them your PIN because you've written it down and put it in your purse. So, so and they all, all they have to do is sit and wait maybe for a year and then they, they hit you because they know, I know this mama, she's not going to change her password in a year. So the point is, <laughs> the point is, it's good to change your passwords on a very regular basis. It's good to account ID to make sure you're always changing your password. Um, if you find that you seem to be being uh, approached a lot by fraudulent SMSs and emails, change your email address. I know sometimes people are so bonded to their email address, but create another email address just for banking um, and use that and communicate that only to your bank, that this is the only email address that I'm going to be using from now on. So those are some of the things you can do. Uh, thank you, Nuru. I'm also learning something. Yeah. Number one, to change my password. I can't remember the last time. Okay, now let me not give round because some needs. Yeah. Yeah, and also, and of course, we are still attached to email addresses. Like the one I have, I think I changed it once while I was in college. Yeah, so that, that's a good yeah, point to note. It's true. Yeah, we're really attached to our email addresses. But when it comes to banking and our, our, our financial information, it's good to just once in a while think about changing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so is it a good practice, say, to have two uh, email addresses, one to use for such kind of things like um, online banking? Yeah, I, I, I think it's that a good idea. Places. So would yeah. that be a good practice? Okay. So uh, my other question as we near the end of this conversation is what are some of the, I know you've mentioned as you've moved on, but is there, are there any other um, safety tips on, that we can, when we're doing these digital transactions? Yeah, so um, one of the things uh, we try to advocate under the Kachonjo campaign, uh, hashtag mm. secure your banking, is this idea of don't put all your eggs in one place. Yeah, so I think a lot of us, um, might have like one account or an M-Pesa account that we keep a lot of our cash on. Um, so, you know, when you're hit, you're hit and your, your money is wiped out. So uh, what's always good is if you have extra cash, I know obviously disposable income is, 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 is harder to come by now, but if you do have a few extra coins, um, it's always good to see, let me put it somewhere else. So it, it starts with having a budget, right? So you need to know how much money you need for that month, um, how much excess liquidity you might need for incidentals, emergencies, and things like that. Once you know what your budget bottom line is, whatever is left, just put it in another account. Don't have it be on the account that you use for M-Pesa and things like this, because once you, if you get hacked, um, if somebody uh, swipes your, uh, swaps your SIM card, and things like this, then you really get affected. So it's always good to try to spread your money around. Um, and then, uh, and and whatever you put aside, also think about putting a fixed deposit, uh, putting in a fixed deposit account. Fixed deposit accounts generate a higher rate of interest. So it, 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 it will pay you back um, at a higher rate than putting it in a, leaving it in a current account or leaving it in a mobile wallet. It will have a higher, a higher interest rate. 
Um, and then also you can think about investing that extra cash. So there are mutual funds you can get into, um, even participating in the government T-bills. So there are things that you can do with that extra cash for it to make a little bit more money instead of just sitting sitting in your, in your mobile wallet or in a current account. Mm -hmm. So the other thing we talk about is, um, of course, uh, some of us still want to use cash. Uh, and in this COVID environment, uh, we are really trying to advocate for people to go digital banking, um, go digital. So right now, banks have waived. So it's zero cost to actually move money from one bank account to another bank account using Tessalink. Tessalink is a product by the banking industry through Kenya Bankers Association. It's operated by Integrated Payment Services Limited or IPSL. So Tessalink is an awesome, awesome product. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including banking holidays. So that means yesterday you could have been transacting without any care. And next Monday during Madaraka day, you could be transacting as well. So it doesn't matter if the banks are closed, if it's a public holiday, you're able to move your money in real time, 24 hours a day from one bank account to another bank account with Tessalink and at no cost. And the Pestalink rate is from just a hundred, a few hundred shillings all the way to 99.9999. Okay, one shilling short of a million. So it's a very wide range of money that you can actually move at no cost. So so I think we really want to get people used to using Pestalink, used to using their mobile and online banking systems uh, because that reduces the amount of cash that is being used and circulated and moved around. Um, Cash holds a lot of bacteria. There are millions of germs on cash. So not just the coronavirus bacteria, uh, virus uh, germs are on there, but all sorts of things are on cash. Cash is so dirty. Um, so so we really want people to start lowering um, their reliance and use of cash, um, especially now with coronavirus. Okay. Um, so um, I read somewhere that you should have a dedicated um, card for online banking. Is that a safety measure? And you put only the amount you spend. No, between the... Yeah, um, it, mm -hmm. yeah between I'm, I'm kind of opposed. Yeah. Mm, go on. Sorry. No, go on. I'll ask once you're through. Okay. So I'm tired of people doing that, yeah? So some people have credit cards, um, and mm -hmm. those credit cards have set limits, mm -hmm. and they only use the credit card for online transactions, like Amazon.com or... Mm -hmm. Alibaba and things like this, they have a dedicated credit card for that. Other people will prefer to use like a prepaid card, like what you're talking about. It's a debit card, it's a prepaid card, you've loaded it, how much money you want to put on it. Um, it's yeah. not credit, it's your money, it's your float. Um, and you use that for your online banking. So if it gets hacked or whatever, you're like, okay, my exposure is 10K or my exposure is 15K, like that. And you're comfortable with that level. Um, uh, other people will just use their payment card, their regular bank card, their payment card that, that uh, people are uh, issued when they open an account. Um, so it really just depends on on you, um, on basically on, on the cost you're willing to take, right? So credit cards come with a cost, uh, they come with a service fee, mm, prepaid cards, it's like a one-time thing, I think, but you have to utilize the money within a certain period, I think one year. Um, so it really just depends on the flexibility that the product offers you and then also what you want what you want to use it for. So I, I can't say there's there's one great way to do it, but it really just depends on on you. But I think it just goes back to the point about 
just kind of being aware of like if you're doing online banking just make sure you look for the https the padlock symbol make sure the website is very clear in terms of what are the security features on the card on in, on the website um make sure there's an authentication process so once you put in your card information usually you're supposed to get an sms uh written otp like one time password otp is one time password so you'll get an otp now to put in the website i think you've seen that so yes. so those are some of the features that as a very secure website should have okay so um now we'll move over to questions that the audience have asked sure. and one that is recurring is is it safe to access our accounts from a cyber cafe yeah you see we are so we are so used to this cyber cafe <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah so i think i i would say no i would personally i wouldn't do it i wouldn't recommend it um cyber cafe mm-hmm. I think there another community space where we're very comfortable we know the owner we we've created some kind of community we like to go there and check our email um mm-hmm. print make photocopies of documents and things like this uh which is all fine but when it comes to secure personal information I don't think you want to use a cyber cafe computer and I'll tell you why I think a lot of us forget to clear our path when we leave after you're printed you get up and you walk away you even sometimes forget to log off from your email Okay or you forget to delete whatever documents you've downloaded maybe you've downloaded your bank statement maybe you've opened and read an email from your bank you've also read an email from work you've also read an email from your chama and you don't realize you're leaving cookies and trails on that on that computer so that computer has said oh lily logged on at this time she got an email from her mom she responded she got an email from her she responded she got uh, she checked an email from her bank and it even showed the bank and the subject and things like this So and all that is being stored on the cyber yeah. cafe computer and you don't know who owns the cyber cafe a lot of them have temporary workers who are hired on short term like even just for the day or for the week or the month mm-hmm. a lot of these could even be hackers you don't know so so i think i wouldn't personally conduct any online um i wouldn't uh, conduct any online banking transaction um using a cyber cafe uh computer i personally wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend that okay. um so um any any further remarks and sorry the reason why you also don't even need to do that is because i think a lot of us have smartphones just even looking at the gsma data uh the cost of smartphones is going down i think you can even now get a smartphone for even less than 10k now mm-hmm. um so if we just want to save a little bit of money that money you would have spent going to the cyber cafe Um if you just say for a few months you can actually get yourself a basic smartphone that will enable you to do online banking but at the same time I think all banks have the SMS banking so you don't even need a smartphone uh to conduct yeah. SMS banking yeah to access the USSD banking platform yeah so if you really think about the cost you're incurring to do, go to a cyber to do your banking you can actually do it in your hand if you just plan yeah. budget and purchase a smartphone or just even any ordinary feature phones yeah mm-hmm. okay so um the other question that we have from the audience is what are your thoughts on facebook banking something that they seem to be coming up in the west yeah so um uh i think uh internet banking is something that probably the west is probably further along than we were i think if you look at paypal and PayPal was founded I was in college still um so I think I think uh Facebook is following the PayPal route uh, many on in the in in the west there are just many 
many online banking platforms that are social media based and same to Asia uh, with Alibaba's Alipay product, for example. Um, I think you should just expect to see more innovation, uh, which is exciting. It's good for customers. The reason why it's good for customers is because um, it, it helps drive the cost down because of competition. And then also the features, the features that keep coming out uh, and the products that keep coming up um, usually are to attract you, attract your business. Mm -hmm. So it's also good for consumers, that type of competition. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, um, the next question is, what are your thoughts? Oh, can I talk about the Facebook banking? One, one more thing about Facebook banking. Sorry, one more thing about Facebook banking. Actually, um, we're talking about fraud and, and identity theft. Actually, yes. my identity was stolen on Facebook. Somebody created a Nuru Mugambi account um, in uh, December last year. And mm. it has taken me so many months to mm. try to get Facebook to address this issue. Mm. Um, and, and I think they're finally addressing it, but it took months. Mm. Uh, and in between that time, whoever is impersonating me on Facebook is contacting people and people are also asking to be their friend because they think it's me. Um, so so I, I think I would put a big question mark on security for Facebook banking, yeah. just based okay. on my personal experience and the fact that it takes months for you to solve an identity theft with them. Okay. Um, I can't imagine the chaos if yeah. they're offering banking services, yeah. Um, it's, it's good you mentioned that because I think I've noted a rise uh, in terms of people hacking people's Facebook accounts and then sending mm -hmm. uh, money requests to contacts. And because Nuri is my friend and she's in trouble, I wouldn't yeah. even think twice to question. I'd very fast send that money. And I think this is something yeah. that has been on the rise. Yeah. Yes. It goes back to what I was saying. Just slow down. Don't be in such a rush to respond. Don't be in such a rush to send that M-Pesa that somebody's asking you for. Pay attention to the words and, and how the request is framed and ask yourself, is this how Lily would ask me for money? Mm -hmm. And would she really approach me on Facebook Messenger to ask mm -hmm. for money? So Facebook Messenger is a vulnerability for Facebook, um, for identity theft. Um, so yeah, so it's just really just slow down and really think about it. Pick up the phone and call somebody. If somebody sends you an SMS asking for money and they're your mm -hmm. friend, pick up and ask what's going on. Uh, really understand what's happening. Um, and, and I think also as Kenyans, we're so used to giving free money. Me, I think we should be giving loans. Eh? If somebody calls me for money, please mm -hmm. be on notice. I want my money back when you're back on your feet. I think mm -hmm. people are just used to say, give me money. But <laughs> they don't give it back. Um, but yeah, so just pick up the phone and ask, okay, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. How much do you need? Uh -huh. Is it enough? Okay, so I, I can only afford X much, but when do you think you can pay me back? We need to get people accountable as well. Um, but yeah, so just pick up the phone and speak to somebody. And the funny thing is, the hacker will even put their contact. The, 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 send, send, send this money to this number. And clearly yeah. that's not the number of the person that you know. And yeah, so but you see, because you're in such a hurry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think recently we were voted as among the most generous people in the world. <laughs> and it, so uh what are your thoughts on banks using face recognition as opposed to mobile banking pins is it yeah so the use of biometrics is going to be on the rise um where because of smartphone technology yeah so right now with your smartphone um certain phones are able to recognize 
uh, your your face as a way of unlocking the device. Mm. Um, certain smartphones, your fingerprint as well. Mm. Um, certain will respond to your voice. Uh, I think all these features are fantastic, especially uh, for persons with disability, because when you think about somebody might not be able to type, um, their password and things like that, just waving it to your face, um, it just makes it a bit easier for them to access their account. But of course, there are also challenges that come with that. Um, but yeah, so I think we should expect more innovation in terms of the use of biometrics. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so and now that you're talking about the Internet of Things, um, yeah. there's this myth that um, us going that way and this, the 666 um, mythology, if I'm to say that. So um, is it... Is there any truth in that, that we'll have this digital chip, <laughs> now that you mentioned face recognition, and more innovation when it comes to internet banking and safety? So what are you asking? Are you asking Nuru the Christian, Nuru the banker, Nuru the mother? I don't even know what to, how to answer your question. <laughs> so, so I would say that, what is the concern? The concern is that people are worried how their data is mm. going to be used. Um, and, and I think um, it's good to really understand how data is used. And I know in Kenya, for example, um, there's the Data Protection Act that was uh, uh, formally um, assented to, I believe it was in December last year. And within the Data Protection mm -hmm. Act, there are certain clauses and requirements about what they're calling the holders of information, how they're supposed to hold that store your information, how long they're supposed to keep it, what they should tell you about what they're doing with your data, uh, and then there should be a formal reporting process. Now, I think the government is still in the process of putting in systems for the regulation uh, and implementation of that legislation. So that's still going on, but I know they're working on it. So I think if the if the concern is how are people using my data um, and will they use my data against me, then I think this legislation is good for from a consumer protection perspective. Yeah. Now, when you talk about the chip issue uh, that I think is in the book of Revelation, um, if you think about it, you already chipped. Mm -hmm. You have your cell phone and you go everywhere with your cell phone, including to bed because you put it on your nightstand. So you're already chipped, you're already walking around with, with, with a chip that is able to identify you and track you and knows how you're spending money and and, and soon enough yeah, all banking financial points. services oh, yeah, all financial services will be electronic. Yeah. They're actually all actually all financial transactions are electronic. It's just at what stage does the consumer interact with the technology, right? Mm -hmm. So so I think I think we shouldn't be too consumed. Uh, mm -hmm. with a lot of that narrative, because if you think about it, we're already there. Okay. Thank you so much, Nuru. Thank you for your time. Thank you for that informative uh, session. We have one of the comments, uh, someone thanking you. They didn't know that airport ATMs are unsafe. Thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know uh, either. Review. I didn't know either until that situation. <laughs> Experience is the best teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, I think we are done here. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us and thank you our audience too for joining us in this information for this uh session yeah bye awesome. thank you so much thanks bye okay